0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Perrano and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference.
1: Well, here we are in week four on our... uh podcast series on relationships. What a month February has been. Uh, Lots of chocolate, lots of good stuff, and lots of good stuff from the Word of God. I think that the most amazing thing about the Word of God is how alive and breathing and living and active it is, and how amazing it is that we can just sit in just a few words and get such mm-hmm. deep revelation from the word of god. Um if you were with us last time, uh we were sitting in Philippians 1 in just the first seven words. It was literally the intro to the book of Philippians. And yet, God revealed to me in my quiet time one day, uh during a struggle season uh in my marriage where we were not seeing things eye to eye, God showed me those seven words and said, look at this and now get in line. Honestly, it kind of goes right back to our first episode where we were talking about our toolbox. I feel like when I get on my couch in the morning and I'm ready to have my quiet time, it's like I get, this is my visual now, right? I got my Bible, I get my journal and I get my toolbox because I wanna make sure that I am hearing what God has to say and doing the thing that he called me to do.
0: And what he wants us to do is, In our relationships together, what's God's goal? And that is that our relationships will help facilitate kingdom values, things that are what's important to you, God, and how can, you know, who I live with and who I do life with, how can we work together to achieve what's on your heart, things that are important for kingdom. And it only comes from when we surrender to our will, to God's will in our lives. If we try to run the show, it doesn't work. So, so in those first seven uh, words in Philippians 1 that we that we looked at last last week, you, Lord, you Lord gave us steps in order to do this or some concrete steps in order to fully live his kind of relationship in our relationships here on this earth.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's so good to remember, and I know we've hit on this uh, this month, but it's really good to start this out with, this is not just about husbands and wives or or boyfriends and girlfriends, Right we are all in it for relationships. We have relationships every single place that we go, right? Our friendships, Mm -hmm. our Bible studies, our churches at work, our neighborhoods, we are surrounded by relationship. We are constantly in relationship. And so as we look at the book of Philippians, um, today we're looking one chapter ahead. We're in Philippians two. And I think it's amazing because the book of Philippians, I mean, honestly, if I were to say quick shout out, uh, life verse or a verse from Philippians that, you know, everybody would have a verse from Philippians that they know Mm -hmm. or have heard at some point. I can do all things. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. just so much, right? Whatever is true and lovely and holy, all of these things, people will go back to Philippians. The book of Philippians has a lot of themes, joy and whatnot, but there's so much in the book of Philippians that uh, talks about our relationship with God, right? Paul's talking to a church, but he's talking about how we are to interact with God it's so amazing because a book that is talking about how we are to interact with God actually impacts our relationships with each other mm-hmm. because our interaction with God directly impacts our relationships with each other. And so Philippians 2 starts off by talking about Jesus and how we are to be imitators of Christ in everything. But but listen to this, Deb, Would you would you read starting in verse 3 there in Philippians chapter 2, please?
0: Absolutely. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to the interests of others and in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. I mean, and then it goes on later. It talks about how Jesus made himself a servant. Just like we talked about last week, Laura, we are to be servants of God in order to advance the kingdom, right? The cause of Christ.
1: Amen. That's it. And the thing that that stands out to me here, as I as I hear you read that, is how we should live in relationship. And then we're going to switch to how we should not live in our relationships, right? Mm-hmm. This passage clearly tells us how to live, but we're going to look at how we should not live. And I think that's fun because the scripture says, I mean, sometimes I think we go to the word of God, we want to be like, how should we live? What should we do? But look what it says. It says, be an imitator of Jesus, be like Christ, don't do this. And and sometimes we're like, I don't want to hear all the don'ts and whatnot. I want to hear the don'ts. Like, Deb, don't you want to hear the don'ts? I mean, sometimes we hear the do and we're like, what exactly does that
0: look like? And I think
1: it's not <laughs> until we know the don't that we don't know what the that we know what the do means, right?
0: And so here actually he goes, when you, when you hear the don'ts, you're going, oh, that's what you're talking about because yes, I exactly. certainly do that. Exactly. Because he says, don't live out a
1: selfish ambition or vain conceit. And you're kind of like, what, what does that mean? It's so clear. There's no question, right? He goes on to saying, instead of doing that, live in humility and value others a of yourself. So as we look at living in humility, it's kind of like. We got to take this passage and we got to ask ourselves the questions that Paul is referencing in these verses. Like, how should we live in our relationships? And the first point that I see that we should live in relationships is we need to have humility.
0: At which point you're like, ah, piece of cake. I can be humble. I remember <laughs> my old pastor said, um, the person who is humble doesn't know that they are mm. right. The person who's proud goes, look how humble I am. Mm. But really humility is not. It is not an easy, it's not a cakewalk. That's for mm. sure. And mm. it goes on to explain, all right. So if you're not sure, if you think you're humble, then let's check a checklist here. Let's see how you do yeah. with with this, because this is what humility looks like. It says place a value above yourself on other people, mm. right? It means humility says, let me look at what are your needs? What are your interests? What are your concerns? I'm going to value them first above what I think is important for me. Mm. So I think most of us would say, yeah, we're pretty humble (laughs) until you look at what it, what it includes. And then you're going, Oh, maybe not so much.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, and I I love that because I think I think I would probably say that. And then in my quiet time, I'd be like, God,
0: am I really humble?
1: (laughs) Help me, help me. Like, I don't want to share with everybody else necessarily right now, but what can I, what can I change? Right. But I think Mm -hmm. if we look at practical and we want to say, what does humility look like lived out? I love in verse three, I think this is the key because it says in humility, value others. Mm -hmm higher than yourselves. And other versions say esteem others. Mm-hmm. And when you look up that, that word in the original language, um, it's a word that means to lead, right? Mm. Which not that you would lead them, but it's like a lead as in it's the first priority. Mm-hmm. It's what leads you. Mm-hmm. Another definition of this word is it's the leading thought that casts a heavy vote. It's the thing that casts a heavy vote. Okay. So wow. let's take it just for a second into marriage. And let's say Dan and I get up in the morning, right? And and he he wants something specific. I don't know. I'm not going to say for breakfast, but there's something on his heart, right? That needs to start the day, whatever it might be, a coffee, whatever. And I, and I have something else I want to do, right? I want to sometimes run and, and take care of a, a text that I've seen that comes through. And my husband's waiting for coffee what is gonna be the thing that leads my decision on on what's gonna happen first, right? Mm -hmm. Is it myself? Is my own desire to see what's going on in the world Mm
0: -hmm. gonna take
1: place over his desire to get coffee so he can get his brain going to accomplish Mm -hmm. the work he has to do today, right? It's not letting our selfish desires lead the way, but Mm -hmm. caring for the needs of others. And really, if if we take it, it's what do we value? Because the thing that's going to lead us is the thing that we value. And it's just like Jesus, because Jesus's value was always people. It was always the other, right? And that's why he gave himself up. Why? Because clearly he was always led by the father, but he put the father's desire for the salvation of the people ahead of his own personal comfort perhaps desires, whatever that might be. So if we're talking about living in humility and living in that kind of value, then we're going to put others in a place of priority in our story. Uh, You know, practical thing to do here. It's almost like, uh, excuse me, when do I need to make a list of things that get done in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like Sometimes that list can automatically go heavy on things that I need to do for me. And it's almost like you have to make your list in the morning and say, what's the priority here? Mm -hmm. Start to write things out in priority. Um, The thing that is the most important will rise to the top. It's the same kind of thing.
0: The needs of others
1: should rise to the top when we're looking at what we should be doing.
0: You know, my mom modeled something that really struck me um, about, uh, prioritizing other people's needs. So our family has been going every summer for my whole life to Maine, to Peaks Island, Maine. And so we have the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren are there. And my mom asks the family a question within the first day. She'll say, Debbie, what is most important that you want to make sure you do during this week? Because you know, you develop like routines and traditions, right? Things that are important to you. And she goes through each person and everybody is able to express my main vacation won't be complete without, Mm. right? You fill it in. And then you make sure that as you are looking at the weather for the week and how you're going to spend your time, that everybody gets at least their number one thing Mm. accomplished. And I think what that, what struck me with that was, all right, we're planning vacation, but I, I want to make sure that if somebody wants to play a particular card game, that they get to play the card mm. game, you know, and my mom is such a selfless person that I think over the years, the one who has not always had what she wanted to do happen was my mom. So she has modeled that. And mm. so that's become a, a priority. Everybody gets to do their favorite thing. You may not be able to get to do everything, but that's just something that is practical, right? It's a, mm. it makes the person feel valuable, who's maybe the, one of the younger ones. And they're like, well, this means a lot to me. And even if nobody else really enjoys it, you still prioritize it. And it says, I care about you. And I think, mm. I think that's a way to, uh, that's humility in relationships. Now it's saying, look, I do care and I'm not criticizing your opinion about what's important to you. That's like, right. really, that's important. Like who cares about that? Like that's immediately not valuing the other person. And I I think, you know, we say, well, that just sounds really nice, but what if there's a couple things you want to do? And because you are valuing somebody else, some of your items don't take place. That's where the Holy Spirit's like yielding your rights, yielding your expectations to have everything lined up for you the way you want it. Holy Spirit, he's the one that helps us stay in step with his heart And that's, that's about humility. We can't do that naturally. We're too selfish.
1: That's so, so true. And so good. And I feel like in those moments where I have something on my agenda and I yield to somebody else's agenda, those are the moments where I end up with like these crazy God stories. Yes, And it always starts out with like, oh, I was planning on doing this. Right. But well, somebody else led the way and oh yeah. my goodness, you are not going to believe what happened, right? Yeah. So I love that. Test- powerful testimonies come out of things like that. So yeah. I think when we look in humility, you know, it's, we can walk in humility or there's another option, right? Uh, now, there's not three other options or four other options or even one mm-hmm. other option. There's basically, you're going to walk humility or you're going to walk in pride. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it, right? There's pride and humility. There's no like, maybe I'm halfway in between. And- <laughs> You can either think of yourself or you're going to think of other people. I mean, that's what it is. And the Bible's really clear on what happens when we walk in pride. Like, you know, after pride comes the fall, right? That's just the way it is. The Bible says it. If the Bible says it, it's what happens. And so it's kind of like we're given a choice here because it's hard work to change your mindset or your patterns. Um, But if you don't, it's going to be pride and you're, it's going to lead to destruction, death, and the fall, right? And so in the end, if you choose to walk with Jesus or like Jesus, not only will your relationships thrive, but you're actually benefiting yourself because mm-hmm. you're not going to be somebody who's walking toward the fall, right? You're not going to be walking in a path that leads to destruction of relationships or you know, the death of a friendship or whatnot. You are actually walking like Jesus, you're saving yourself in the end from a painful situation.
0: how many friendships have ended because uh people complain that all you ever want is what you want, right? That's yes. one of the big complaints. Or <clears throat> they're they're just like, You don't value me, you don't appreciate me. Mm-hmm. Or the pride thing digs in and you are unwilling to say you were wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, that the pride is just, that's that's the practical stuff. That's where the relationships fall apart. All right. So there's humility, right? Being humble. But there's another part um, about how to apply this in your relationships. We talked about what not to do. Philippians 3.14, if you read a little bit further in Philippians, it says, do everything without grumbling or complaining so that you may become blameless and pure children of God, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation as you hold on to the word of life. Mm. Good gravy, Laura, there's so much in there. There
1: <laughs> really, really, really is. And and can we just start by saying that uh the title of today's episode is Be humble, don't grumble. Right. Mm-hmm. It's all in there. It's like what to do and what not to do. Now grumble, I think we all probably could have a visual in our minds of a time that we've grumbled or what it looks like for somebody to grumble. But when we Kind of get into it. This is this is where it becomes serious business, right? What does grumble mean? It comes from two Hebrew words uh, that translate into grumble, right? And those words are loon, l-u-n. I'm going to say Reagan, r-a-g-a-n. Loon connotates growling. Okay, okay. now growling. It's a pretty majestic sound when you're in the in the safari, right? Or you hear it on National Geographic television. But grumbling isn't—I mean, growling isn't something that's soft and sweet, right? And then Reagan or
0: Regan is a whispered rebellion. Mm, that is the visual. I know. And you put it with this sound, and it's like this. Rrr. Do you ever have your kids say that to you? Like, yes. There it. there it is. Yes. That's the loon.
1: And it's very interesting, Deb, because I always think of like grumbling. It's not that bad. You're just kind of complaining about something under your breath, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, why do they have to do that all the time? No, it -hmm. is a whispered rebellion that sounds like growling, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, this is a big deal. This is why God says, don't do it. It's not this little thing that God's just saying, yeah, don't do that. He's like, don't do it. Don't growl a whispered rebellion. Because what happens is like, it's, evidence of what's going on in our hearts, but it also captures the state of our heart. Like that whole word, the connotation is that what it does is it captures the state of our heart. It's a grumble or a growling really, right, against the way that things are. And we could say it's a grumbling or a growling against God. Now, listen, it's really serious business because this is the same word that is used or the same connotation that is used because it's in the Hebrew now in Numbers 14, In Numbers 14, we see the children of Israel right there in the wilderness, and it says in Numbers 14 that all of the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. This is because they had heard there was giants in the promised land. That's where we are right now. The people want to go into the promised land. They hear there are giants. They get afraid, and all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night, and all of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, man, there are millions of people in the desert at this moment, Deb, and
0: that they're grumbling are all rumbling. And it was so serious. Yes. That they got the gift that came from the grumbling was 40 more years. Yes. Of, yes. of living in the promised land. Okay. You're grumbling against going into the land. You won't have to. Yes. Get to stay in into the wilderness for another forty years. That's right. Try not grumbling. (laughs) Grumbling just it brings something unhealthy in your relationships. That's right. That's right. Lack of appreciation.
1: It is. It is. It's that opposite of gratitude too. Um, but it's interesting because grumbling is evidence that there's a root that needs to be pulled up in our hearts, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, when you start hearing that like growling that you're kind of yeah. going through and you're kind of not talking the way you should be talking, the whispered rebellion, you're kind of like, whoo! there might be a root that needs to be pulled up. And the root that needs to be pulled up is actually, it's interesting because I just said gratitude and you would think it was gratitude, grumbling versus gratitude, but it's actually trust. Mm-hmm. It's actually trust. The root that needs to be pulled up is grumbling because it reveals a lack of trust. Yeah. We can't trust God's sovereign plan, and so what happens? We start like this inward rebellion against it. Grumbling isn't pretty, and I I was kind of doing some research about grumbling as you know preparing for this today, and I saw on focus of the family on the family someplace on their website that grumbling, um, isn't just words, right? Cause now you're talking like a whispered rebellion. Yeah. So you think words, but man, grumbling can also be things we do physically. And I know I am prone to uh, eye rolling. It is something yeah. that I've worked really hard not to do. Um, but you know, eye rolling is also evidence of grumbling. You know, you know, it's like putting it out there with and now your everybody's eyes
0: going, I'm going to just go turn off the podcast. Because this is an ouch, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah we, all that's right. Have, we all have done that. And that's right. You may think, well, it's not such a big deal until that yeah. kid does it towards you. Yes. Right? The yes. eye one it's disrespectful. It's, it's yes. full of not uh, graduate. And I don't trust your opinion, mom. Really, you don't know what you're talking about.
1: Yes. You know, the
0: eye rolling, the eye rolling, you can say volumes with your eyes that's right. without opening your mouth. That's right revealing what's going on on the heart level. And it's so like, if we want to thrive in our relationships. The grumbling is a killer. That's right. Know, whether it's with your friend or your spouse and, <clears throat> and I'll just throw it out there the big sigh and the, like the, yes. you know, the moaning sigh with the eye roll, throw in a grumble. And yes. this is not a good moment. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Okay. So
1: it it doesn't look pretty, right? And it doesn't allow you to thrive. But the other thing about grumbling is it's contagious. Yes. Right. And aren't we, I mean, doesn't that word contagious just mean a different thing to us these days after we've you know experienced what we experienced the past couple of years? Uh, We want to avoid negative things that could be contagious, right? Mm -hmm. And if grumbling is contagious, we need to avoid that. We don't want to be that. So mm-hmm. if you are in a relationship, friendship, whatever it is, and the grumbling begins, and this is really where it's the hard stuff. And sometimes we got to speak a hard mm-hmm. word to ourselves or to the person we're in relationship with, mm-hmm. right? Because it actually is leading them away from the fall or the destruction, right? Um, shut it down. It's contagious. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's you speaking it, if it's me speaking it, I want to say, I just recognized that does not align with the Holy Spirit. That is mm-hmm. rebellion, whispered rebellion, I'm done and shut it down. If you're with somebody, a dear friend, a spouse, you're like, you know what, that's just not, that's not sitting right with my spirit right now. Mm-hmm. The way that you're responding to this, it it's grumbling and even share with them what grumbling really means. I think honestly, mm-hmm. if you found out what it really means, you might be like, yeah, I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, So shut it down, right? you don't want to be uh you don't want that relationship that you are experiencing to be in the wilderness and if you are grumbling you're going to be staying in that wilderness i know you can't see my air quotes on the podcast but you're going to stay in that wilderness for 40 more years that's not the mm-hmm. way you want your relationship to go you want your relationship to be thriving now it's interesting because grumbling is contagious but humility is contagious too which is interesting because we're supposed to imitate christ he does it mm-hmm. we take it right if mm-hmm. Humility is contagious too in our, in our relationships. When somebody is humble toward you, what is your response? Yeah, you are like humble, humble back. back, right? Somebody serves you, you serve them back. So we mm-hmm. get to, we get to choose what behavior we are going to exhibit that will be caught to and continue.
0: If you go back to Philippians two, where we started, <clears throat> it's very clear, like Jesus humbled himself. What was the end result of that? Yes. It says that God exalted him. And the same thing happens in our relationships. God is exalted. Kingdom values are exalted when we walk in humility, just like Christ did.
1: Amen. That's right. The Israelites are evidence that if you're going to grumble, you're going to wander, right? But Philippians 2 tells us if we don't grumble, I love the fact we just said exalted, because Philippians 2 tells us if we don't grumble later on, (laughs) you're going to shine like the stars, which is interesting, Mm -hmm. right? the stars are up, uh, mm-hmm. holding out the word of life. It's, it's powerful. It's powerful stuff, man. If you don't grumble, you're going to shine like the stars. What happens
0: when we hold out the word of life? What does the word say? Well, it says other people are going to see it and they're going to be drawn to him. So if we want to have friendships and marriages or dating relationships, we need to be like those who are living out relationships that way. You know, people are like, how I want to have a marriage like yours. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you do it? You go back and you tell them, here's the guidelines, biblically speaking, of how I'm choosing to interact with my spouse. And it doesn't mean we see my husband and I could not be more opposite. And so we've really, (laughs) we've had to work at it, right? We've had to make every effort as we've talked about. That's right. But other people see it. They're like, we want what you have. That's right. How do we do it?
1: Yep. Yep. Well, the way you do it, right, is the first thing is be humble. Yep. Put the other's interest first. Put your friend's desires, your friend's self before your mm-hmm. self. Let their desires lead,
0: not your desires lead, mm-hmm. and consider it a joy, just mm-hmm. like Jesus did. And along the way, knowing that not everything's gonna float your boat, don't crumble. That's right? right. Remember the significance of that. Guard your words. Keep those eyeballs from rolling in your head. Keep your hands from posturing in like a, a like an offensive type mode. I mean, if there is a root that's in there and you're like, I don't know if there's a root, just ask the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He will He will either bring it up himself or he'll send a, a really good friend to point it out to you. Yeah, him. yeah, don't, yeah. Don't hit him. Just, you know, take it. <laughs> thank and, him. It's <laughs> right. Thank him. Pull it up. Get rid of it because the end result is worth it. Every time your relationships will have more peace. And more joy, amen. Right, and they'll just be healthier. Amen. There's so much, Lord. This has been a fun month talking about these different relationship challenges and some direction about how to really honor the Lord in our relationships. I mean, we are created for relationship. We are anything that God has put as a desire within us um, is good, and so no wonder the enemy goes after. Amen. That's right. Something that's important to God's heart. That's right what's the cause of division. So this is, uh, I think this is one of those lifelong podcasts that you can never just fully put away because until we reach heaven, we will always be in challenging relationships. So it's been a fun month. I'm looking forward to our March series. If this relationship series has challenged you, um, maybe encouraged you, maybe corrected you, however you responded, we encourage you to share it with your friends and, um, allow this to really become a discussion point uh, maybe in some of your Bible studies uh, because there's so much so much in the word of God here about helping you have a healthy relationship so from Laura and myself thanks so much for joining us uh, this month we look forward to uh, regrouping first week of March we'll see you in a few days God bless you guys take care we believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.